Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bucky's Fifth Quarter, our show. Obviously, we call it the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Yak Shamash, as we say in Polish, it means what's up? How's it going? This is Jake Kokorowski coming to you live from Madison, Wisconsin, just a few days away from the Wisconsin Badgers' third game of the season, 1-1 one one currently after the 58 to nothing victory over the Miami of Ohio Redhawks. And going into Saturday's game, a 2.30 kickoff. You guys will see that on the Big Ten Network here for everyone up here in Big Ten country. And uh, we are joined today. We It's, it's a lot of fun uh, talking uh, football. And, and obviously uh, the Badgers have already faced one team uh, from the state of Alabama uh, and did not go as well uh, with the 35-17 uh, to 17 loss in, in Dallas. But we are joined. Uh, obviously the Badgers are taking on the Troy Trojans. Uh, out of the Sun Belt Conference themselves, one and one uh, at Camp Randall Stadium, and we are joined by the radio play-by-play voice of the Troy Trojans. We have Barry McKnight. Barry, happy Wednesday. How are things down uh, down at Troy? Doing very well, Jake, and a lot of anticipation because you know Troy has has had a, a lot of opportunities to play in games like this before, and uh, this is another one to check off the list. You know. Troy has has played a lot of the schools in the SEC. Troy has played at Ohio State, played at Minnesota, has had some uh, has had some success against some of the some of the Power Five schools. And uh, everybody's excited about the trip. We've heard so many great things about Madison and the environment. All the players are talking about waiting to see you jump around in the third quarter. So uh, I, <laughs> the anticipation is really high for, for really everybody in our traveling party heading up there this weekend. No, and, and you and I were talking a little about this before we, we started recording, and, and you actually have been up to Wisconsin, but not Madison. Uh, talk to us about your experiences up in, in Green Bay uh, with, with the basketball team. There was a basketball tournament. This had to have been about 11 years ago now at Wisconsin Green Bay, and the, the basketball team went up there. And understand, you know, our players are from Alabama and Georgia and Florida, and I'm a native Floridian, and I've lived in Alabama for 25 years. And we went up there, and um, – we stayed in a hotel right on the Fox River, right in Green Bay, and everybody was astounded because the river was frozen. Never saw that before. It was so unbelievably cold. I'll not forget because two things I remember about it. Number one was just how absolutely cold it was for all of us. And number two, the Packers were playing, the, I believe, the Broncos in a, in a <laughs> playoff game. And uh, we kind of hung around out there outside Lambeau and sort of soaked up the audience, a little bit of that. But we had a great time in Wisconsin. One thing I know, you guys love your football up there, and I, I, I respect the heck out of that. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, uh, very much Packers country uh, in the state, but obviously people love their Badgers. And, you know, uh, facing obviously the Troy Trojans who come in uh, with one-on-one record, they lost the first game to uh, a former Badger assistant in Dave Doran in the NC State mm-hmm. Wolfpack. 49 to 21 come back and then they take down Charleston Southern 44 to 16 last weekend and uh with with the how uh how's the team feeling obviously you mentioned them being excited to, to go and uh, uh experience jump around uh, how are they feeling going into this week facing the Badgers 
Well, the, the the anticipation we mentioned is there, but in the pure football sense, Jake, I, I think the thing that they're looking forward to is just where it is on the schedule. Uh, one of the dynamics that I'm sure you know you have touched on, we'll touch on, the people from Madison will be interested in, is the fact that it's a new head football coach at Troy. Troy had Larry Blakeney as their head coach, who was there for 24 years. By the time he retired at the end of last year, he was the second longest-serving football coach in Division One behind Frank Beamer of Virginia Tech, and he was such a, a known commodity and was so successful and had done so much to really put Troy from Division Two to Division One, AA to Division One A. He was he's an absolute Hall of Famer. Well, now a former assistant is in his first year. Neil Brown is only 35. He came down after spending a couple of years as the offensive coordinator at Kentucky, and you know, he was a known commodity. He had been an assistant coach back during the years when Troy won five straight conference championships, but it's just so much different than having the guy who'd been here for a quarter century that the players are still right now just trying to figure themselves out and figure this out and figure this coaching staff out. The value of the Wisconsin game for us, besides the you know possibility and the the expectation that we're going to go up and play well is where it fits on the schedule. After, you know, a couple of games, you've got Wisconsin, then a week off, and then we open conference play with what's going to be a big deal for us, an in-state battle against South Alabama. So I guarantee you, one of the things that, that is of value in this experience for Troy, I assure you, is that after we play Wisconsin, We'll know where we stand. We know we know what we need to work on. Uh, we were we were bigger and more talented than Charleston Southern. We weren't as big and not as talented as North Carolina State. Well, I guarantee you, if you're going to get ready for the Sun Belt Conference in our league, and you're getting off playing Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin will leave you with no illusions about your football team. You'll know what you need to work on and what things that you um, that you do well. So th- this is this is really a game where we're hopefully going to try to discover ourselves a little bit more. We're here with Barry McKnight, the radio play-by-play voice of the Troy Trojans here on Bucky's Fifth Quarter Radio. And you mentioned the, you know Neil Brown, his, his first season as head coach, but he comes in with experience. Obviously, you mentioned, too, the uh, former assistant at Troy, but also offensive coordinators at Texas Tech and, and Kentucky before taking the job this past season. Uh, and, and with that... Uh, Paul Chris, the Wisconsin head coach, noted that Troy runs a, a pace-based spread offense, yeah. but a little bit different from what the Badgers saw against Alabama and and even Miami of Ohio, where Miami Ohio and the Tide both used tight ends within their offense a little bit more. And Chris had noted maybe there's more uh, of a four wide receiver set with this spread. Could you talk to us about a little bit uh, or tell us about this uh, mm-hmm. uh, this offense and, and how and in terms of obviously you guys have a, a great quarterback uh, who's looking at the, the the streak that he has 29 consecutive quarters without an interception uh, by the right. sophomore Brandon Silvers. How is this offense running and and who should the Badgers fans look for uh, out of this offense? Well, two, two or three things come to mind whenever you bring that up. Number one is the fact that uh, Troy has been running the spread almost longer than anybody else. Tony Franklin, who's now the offensive coordinator at Cal, uh, really brought it to Troy. It's been about 10 years ago. So Troy has grown up with this, so to speak, and recruited to this now for 10 or 11 years. And the, and the reason why Troy did it in the first place is, quite frankly, just 
being realistic. Troy is there's not the expectation is not there that Troy is going to be able to line up like Alabama did and and expect to hold their own against a team like Wisconsin. Uh, Troy is not going to be able to line up with a tight end in an eye backfield and and, <laughs> and and recruit enough people to knock Wisconsin off the ball. Conversely, um, Troy is not going to have enough recruiting oomph to get two deep sets of linemen, you know, that are 290, 310 pounds. So what? And, and you know, 220 pound running backs. So what Troy does is they they recruit speed, they recruit guys who are maybe a, an inch too short uh, to play at Alabama, or maybe a tenth of a second too slow to play elsewhere in the SEC, and fit the system. That are guys that are good in space, that are are athletic, and you can get the ball to them on the perimeter and and challenge. Uh, the opposition maybe use their pursuit against them and and spread the ball out. The other thing that you'll notice that this offense really is predicated upon more than what you saw from Alabama and hopefully more than what you saw from Miami of Ohio is pace. They they would love to run 90 to 100 plays. To be honest, the only chance Troy has got to move the football against Wisconsin is to be able to kind of get them on their heels a little bit, to, to get them winded, to keep the Badgers from substituting defensively as much as I'm sure Wisconsin would like to do that. That's the only player that Troy has got. They've got a couple of guys who are, I think, SEC caliber guys, power five caliber skilled players. One of them is number 18. His name's Brian Holmes. He's a wide receiver, can run really, really, really well. Uh, He has 18 career catches of over 30 yards. He's a big play guy. Another one is the running back, Brandon Burks, who also is a speed guy. He's a senior. And um, the way this offense runs, it's really good for him. And you mentioned Brandon Silvers, who who really sees the field well and kind of deals the football out like you would deal out a deck of cards. That's what you that, – that's hopefully – if Troy's going to be successful, what they've got to do and something to look for is, is to try to get the pace of play up to the point where – uh, Wisconsin might get a little bit winded. You know, the Wisconsin may not, but that's really the best chance Troy has got to to um, to move the football. We're here with Barry McKnight, the radio play-by-play voice of the Troy Trojans here on Bucky's fifth quarter. And I, um, and that was an interesting set. I was looking at the tail of the tape between Troy and Wisconsin. And the average time of possession, you mentioned with the pace and, and, and trying to wind Wisconsin and its players and try to get them gas so they can take advantage there. Uh, the average time of possession for, for Troy is, is 19 minutes and 14 seconds. And uh, obviously they've put up some, uh, they've put up what, 65 points in, in two games already, uh, which is, which is a good pace. Uh, how does that offense, how does that pace affect, on the other side, the defense of Troy and, and, and working then, having a lot of time on that clock? That's actually that's a very good point, and that's something I should have mentioned before when talking about pace because so far, quite frankly, Troy hasn't done a very good job of it. It's not the time of possession that really the offense is looking at. It's just looking at the number of plays because, uh, you know, one of the things that hurts time of possession is big plays. You know, if you can score from 60 yards out, in one play, it doesn't take as long as if you have a 10-play drive for 60 yards. Troy has not been good at that. That number that you brought up is dead last among Division 1A teams. Troy has got to be better at, at 
third down, got to be better, you know, on uh, on, on first down to begin a drive. There have been too many three and outs. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that you see around the nation as this spread offense philosophy has taken hold. This Well, this fast-paced offense philosophy has taken root is the defense. You don't practice enough against power formations. You don't practice physically very often on defense. And that's a concern. I'll be frank with you. You see it from everybody. You see it from Baylor and you see it from Oregon. It's difficult to take on a team that's a physical, run-oriented team anymore when you don't see that often, if at all, in practice. So, yeah, th- to me, that's the big concern. And, and I don't care whether Co- uh, Corey Clement doesn't play. I don't care if, uh, if um, you know, some of the offensive linemen at Wisconsin are young and still trying to feel their way around the philosophy of Wisconsin to, to beat down on you, to force you in submission, is a real concern for the Troy defense because, you know, they don't practice against that. North Carolina State really was able to be physical in their run game against Troy. And if you have difficulty with a physical run game against North Carolina State, boy, that physical run game of Wisconsin is a real concern there. And and with that, you had mentioned with the, with the rush game and, and you saw mm-hmm. Troy give up over 250 yards to both NC State and to Charleston Southern. What mm-hmm. what uh, in terms of the defense? Uh, what are what aren't they doing? Is it is it a matter like what you just said, where uh, they're not facing as physical of, of offenses on that part, where it's leaving them open? I, I'm not. That's a that's an honest. That's a fair question. I'm not sure it's a thematic thing. I'm not sure there's a there's a basis for any of this because, quite frankly, North Carolina State was 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 better than Troy. Uh, they're more physically talented. They're bigger. They're a, they're a Power Five conference school, and uh, they ground down on Troy. On the other side of things, Charleston Southern is a triple option offense. They they run it and they run it. I think they threw it only 14 times the entire game, which was a high number for them. So it, it, it's not anything that that is a carryover from one game to the next. They sort of stand on their own, but um, it has been a concern. Troy is last in our league early on in run defense, and a lot of that has been because. Um, the other teams are very physical run teams that accentuate the run offense, which, you know, is in and of itself a problem. But then again, if you're struggling against the run against those teams that, that run the ball a lot, Wisconsin, if you can look it up, obviously over the past 11 or 12 years, they are the poster children for run-oriented power offenses. So Troy really has got their work cut out for them Saturday afternoon. And we're here with Barry McKnight. Uh, he'll be coming up here uh, what, in a couple of days now, uh, the play-by-play voice of the Troy Trojans. And, you know, with with this team, and, and obviously, uh, it, what are your keys to the game? And you mentioned some of it already in terms of uh, the offense, but uh, uh, overarching themes, what are, you, what are you looking for in this game? And what would you want to see out of the Troy Tro- Trojans? Well, I've been practicing this. I actually have. I've been personally practicing this for a couple of days. Ogun Bawale. Uh, I I think I got it right now. Yeah, Ogun Bawale. um, He's a talented guy. And I understand not playing Corey Clement. And I wouldn't be surprised if they don't play him next week either and get ready for Iowa. But um, 
just it seems as though what he did, well, what the run offense did anyway um, against Miami of Ohio as a whole is what really concerns me defensively for Troy because the run game for the Badgers in the first half against Miami of Ohio wasn't all that efficient, but they just kept wearing them down and grinding them down. And then in the second half, the run offense got cranked and, and Ogunbowale had a couple of long runs and, and there you go. There's your ball game. That's a concern for Troy. The fact that, you know, that offensive line, can lean on them over and over and over again um, and, and, you know, exert their will there, and that Stave can continue to be very efficient in the pass game. That's a concern for the defense. Uh, obviously, Troy does not match up well against the size of um, and physicality of Wisconsin. On the other side, Troy's biggest chance, and something you'll be able to tell as a fan early in this game, is whether or not Troy is going to be able to run the pace they want to run. If if they can get a couple of first downs early in a drive and really get the foot stomped on the accelerator at that point, then Troy has a chance. If if there's a lot of early three and outs and if Troy falls behind early and cannot get the pace the way they want it, um, it's going to be a long afternoon for Troy. They have got to be able to run at a high pace that offense. And if they don't, um, there's not much of a chance. Barry, it's been really great talking with you. I really appreciate the time you've taken out this Wednesday evening. I hope you guys enjoy your trip up to Madison. If you're up here, try to get into Mickey's uh, Dairy Bar if you can, just down just across the street from Camp Randall uh, for the, one of the best breakfasts you'll have. Uh, and uh, we'd love to talk with you guys down the road and uh, enjoy the time and, and uh, looking forward to hearing your call on Saturday. That sounds very good. You're not the first one to recommend Mickey's. We, we, we've gotten some uh, some advance notice about that place. That seems like a must-go on game day. <laughs> well, hey, if you need anything else, let us know about on Friday night or whatnot. We, we know some good places uh, to hang out with uh, for some good spirits as well, my friend. That sounds good. Thank you for the invitation. I definitely enjoyed it. Excellent. Thank you, Barry. Guys, it's Barry McKnight, the radio play-by-play voice of the Troy Trojans. What we're going to do now, we're going to take you to some audio I took earlier today with junior outside linebacker Vince Beagle talking about uh, his relationship with outside linebacker Joe Schobert, the other starting linebacker for the Badgers on the outside, along with talking about preparing for the Troy Trojans. Here he is right now. Vince Beagle and Vince, uh, Obviously, a couple days, a few days after uh, your big win, shutout against Miami, Ohio. How are you guys feeling, and, and what are you guys looking forward to against Troy? Yeah, I mean, anytime you can shut out a team, regardless on who we're playing, Troy or the number one team, number two team in the nation, whatever it is, is it's always something to hang your hat on. And um, I think this is a game that we can, um, you know, build our confidence on, learn from the mistakes we made, and, and move on to a good Troy team next week. And what are you seeing out of Troy on a game film that looks like Coach Chris had mentioned to them talking more of a spread look, more pace offense, but said maybe more of a four-wide receiver look. Uh, how are you guys preparing for it? I appreciate it. Kind of from a scheme-wise, but like how are you guys preparing mentally for it? Right. It's going to be a similar personnel yeah. than what you saw last week. Uh, a lot of spread teams. So um, I think what you see from Troy is they they got some great skill position guys, you know, guys who can really play ball out there, guys who love football. So um, we're definitely preparing hard for Troy, and we have a lot of respect for him coming in into Camp Randall. So uh, we'll be ready for him this this Saturday. And 
looking at some of the sets, granted it's two, day, two games in, but the fact that you and, and Joe Schobert are you know amongst the leaders in terms of tackles for loss and sacks. Uh, I was talking with Coach Tippisar just a second ago, and he mentioned you guys were the odd couple. How, what's the relationship with We're you? We're the what? The odd couple. Uh, the odd couple. <laughs> uh, how would you describe your relationship with, with Joe? Yeah, I mean, Joe, me, me and Joe have a fun relationship. We, uh, we're roommates on the road. We're, we're next door neighbors. Very hey, right Jake from Bucky's recorder. Sorry so, about that. Lock, um, lock, really lock good friends. Radio. Me and Joe, uh, you know, often go to dinners with our girlfriends with one another. So on and off the field, we're, we're, we're good friends here. So, um, anytime, anytime, anytime you have that type of player on the opposite side of you to take pressure away from you and, and, and draw it on himself and vice versa, it's, it's really something special to have, and I'm very thankful and fortunate to have them. And um, really looking forward to the rest of the season with them, and, and kind of just having fun. And um, don't be surprised this Saturday to see some fun things from me and Joe. And with that, I mean, uh, uh, I was talking with Joe, and like you guys have kind of, this competition you guys have to make each other better. What, what, what are some, if you could elaborate a little further? What, I've heard about that. What are some of the things that you guys compete for, if you will? And what do you, like? What are the things that you compete for on the field? And then are there any rewards? Right. Or? Well, through and through, me and Joe are both competitors. Okay. <laughs> So whether that's playing ping pong downstairs in the players' lounge or whether that's um, hanging out around the place playing video games or on the field, you know, we have, me and Joe usually every game have a whoever has the most tackles, whoever has the most sacks, so we, and TFLs too. So we always keep those three in the back of our mind. Um, I'm not going to go ahead and say what we bet on, but <laughs> let's just say that there is some friendly competition behind the scenes um, uh, between me and Joe. And, and But I think that's really special because, um, between me and him because it really pushes us. You know, you have another type of guy who's continuing to push yourself. You know, me and Joe are, um, you know, the leaders, the, um, not just, you know, you know, physical leaders, but we're emotional leaders on this team. So we really look at to ourselves to continue to push ourselves. And, and again, that's another reason why I'm really thankful to have Joe next to me. Guys, that was junior outside linebacker Vince Beagle on Bucky's Fifth Quarter Radio and the Kilbasa Kings Sports Extravaganza. This is our Badger preview, and it'll be a, a game for the Badgers. Can In terms of my keys to the game, we're going to get to defensive coordinator Dave Aranda in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we have about a six-minute conversation with him, just almost seven minutes. Really, if Wisconsin, obviously, you heard from Barry talking about the fact that Imposing the physicality on this Troy defense is, is a concern for them, and it should be key for the Badgers. If, if you have that right side of the offensive line with Walker Williams, Hayden Beagle, and Micah Kapoy rotating in, which combination will get the job done against the Trojan, Trojans, and can they establish that early? And you heard some audio from probably last week, or you've read articles about uh, Dan Volt saying they need to get out earlier. Walker Williams mentioned that that he that they need to start earlier. And, and get the mentality and get going quicker, and they'll have the opportunity to. And obviously you have the passing game carrying this offense. Joel Stave passing for over 225 yards each game, five touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, keys for the Badgers, I would say with this tune-up, look at creating a balanced offense. If they can do so, they'll run roughshod over the Trojans easily. I think they still will do a very good job of doing that, even if the passing game has to carry them uh, through Stave. And you saw the emergence of Robert Wheelwright to complement Alex Erickson, along with Tanner McAvoy. And you also saw Jazz Peavy get in, in there as well. You're starting to see the wide receivers emerge in this passing offense. And Chris loves this group. The head coach of Wisconsin, Paul Chris, absolutely loves this group, he said during the Monday press conference. Notes they're still, they can get so much better. And that's kind of a scary thought. I mean, if you see 
what the Badgers receivers can do just learning this offense right now. Uh, imagine uh, what Will Wright can do maybe a year from now being a big play receiver. Uh, and, and you're seeing even the revolution of Alex Erickson, who's still leading the team in receptions overall. Uh, but that's big, though. Passing game, but if you can balance that with a running game, it'll be an easy easy afternoon for the Badgers if they can take care of that. Uh, secondly, talk about pace offense. Joe Schober had talked to, about it after the game with me. With the pace and how you disrupt it is, is through sacks, big plays, interceptions, fumbles. Sacks are big because that obviously pushes the teams back. Uh, you stop play a little bit. Uh, it disrupts their offense. It disrupts the rhythm. You have to have those disruptive plays against a pace. And as Chris noted in his Monday press conference, this Troy team is going to offer some four wide receiver sets. I'm looking right now at the game notes, and you look at the fact that the depth chart already says they have an X receiver, an H receiver, a Y receiver, and a Z. So they have the big X wide receiver. They have a Z as in a flanker. Uh, then you have your Y split out along with your H wide receiver. And really, like like uh, you, you heard Barry McKnight say, they're smaller guys, maybe an inch too shorter. They're starters at wide receiver. The tallest is 5'11". The smallest is, the shortest, I should say, is 5'7". And and that's based off of the, uh, you're looking at the wide receivers, the, 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 the depth chart there. They do have a couple guys that are 6'5 and 6'3 that are in the two deep, but if the starters are like that, I mean, they're going to be smaller guys. It's going to be very fast, a very fast pace-based offense. But with four wide receivers, it'll give the Badgers a little bit of a look. And you heard from Vince Beagle talking about this. You're going to look at it for a little bit of the same personnel that you'll see on the field. I'm wondering if you'll see more of a, a fourth cornerback, maybe a Nate Cheryl Jamerson to, t- to help out because he's very speedy. Maybe they go with with a, a peso look, the two four five, But maybe they switch it up and they put in the, the, the fourth defensive back, depending upon how, how they feel with the speed that Troy gives. And Chris noted that they have a little bit more of a vertical offense. So we'll see how the Badgers do man-to-man and how they defend. And if they can get the sacks against uh, against this Troy offensive line, uh, which if you have Beagle and Schobert who are leading the team with sacks and, and in tackles for loss, you're, uh, the Badgers have a good shot at disrupting it. Uh, also, you always got to look in. I always look at special teams. And obviously the, the units have played very well this year so far. Andrew Endicott, former walk-on, just rewarded a scholarship earlier this season, has that ability uh, to, to place the ball on kickoffs deep in the end zone. But also you've seen some great punt coverage, some kickoff return coverage, uh, and, and you see saw Alex Erickson uh, do quite well in the punt return game. And, and if they can continue that, uh, once again, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a 37 nothing halftime score that you saw last week against Miami, Ohio, uh, the same result with the Troy Trojans. And if the Badgers can just be physical, like Barry mentioned, they're worried about that. Uh, it could wear down that defense further. You could expect a good running game from Wisconsin, but it's up to them uh, to, to continue to improve, and we'll see how they improve from game two to game three. On that note, I'm going to stop talking. My prediction for the game, I'm going to say 45-10. to 10. Wisconsin comes out on top. Like I said, make sure you guys check it out. It's going to be a 230-234 kickoff on Big Ten Network. And on that note, you guys enjoy yourself. Obviously, you can listen to the play-by-play of one Barry McKnight for the Troy Trojans. But for those of you, the majority of you that will listen on the uh, Wisconsin Badgers radio network, Matt LaPay, 
Mike Lucas, and of course Mark Tosher giving you the call over the radio airwaves. On that note, you guys have a good night. We're going to leave you with defensive coordinator Dave Aranda, who just spoke with the media a little earlier today, had some fun nuggets, and, and Dave Aranda might be just one of my favorite guys to talk to because he'll actually uh, he gives you some talk about schemes and, and what the opposing offenses do well and what the Badgers have to do to defend that. So uh, we'll now take you to defensive coordinator Dave Aranda. Guys, enjoy the game. Be safe, as always, downtown in Madison. Dozo Bachenia, and we'll talk to you guys soon. This is Jay Kokorowski for Bucky's Fifth Quarter Radio. Here's Dave Aranda. Right. Has anything changed there and what you guys are emphasizing? No, I think the belief is, is, is great now. I think guys are believing that that ball is theirs and there's a confidence now. And so I think some of that is uh, with coaching, some of that's with guys being seniors, some of that is uh, guys maturing. Either way, let's, I'll take it. Let's do it. It's how much further ahead you feel like this defense is in year three. Yeah. No, you know it's hard to say. I I think you obviously you'd, you'd love it if after the year three, you know the D line had all been there for those three, and the inside backers had been there for those three, and the secondary had been there for those three, and then I think I'd feel that way. But I think there's so many young players at at certain spots, it's such a mix of an old team and a young team that you kind of have to find that balance. And I think, you know, the more we could become one team, I think, on defense, and the better it would be. And I thought there was elements of that, parts of that were kind of sh- showing up on Saturday. But that's a, a work in progress. You know, a team like Troy is really going to stress you with the pace that they do and the formation on the sideline, which we did not see this last Saturday, which we're going to see coming up. And then just the skill and the athleticism. And they put three guys in the boundary and one guy in the field, and they go fast. That one guy in the field is going to be man-to-man, and who wins that battle, and just the, the tackle made in space and all those things. So I think uh, there's certain groups right now that have that confidence, certain groups who are working to build that confidence within the defensive structure. A lot so, of that's due experience. saw Arrington on special teams last week. Right. I would assume you're not going to just have him play if he's only going to be on special teams. Right. So what do you see with him future-wise for defense? I like him at safety. He's got great range, great intelligence at safety. Um, he's able to pick up concepts real quick. Like we talked about before, so much of it is a football intelligence and things kind of come naturally, and uh, he has that. Uh, he also has great physical ability in, in space to make plays. There's a physical aspect to him, too. So he's got great combination. So much of it is kind of like we just talked about. There's certain things where you don't see it, and oh wow! So that's what you mean by that. And so try to get those out of the way as fast as you can prior to Saturday. Do you view him more as a guy down the box or maybe over the top? I think he can do both. Yeah, I think he can do both. Uh, I'm talking about Arrington. Yeah. Yeah, I think he can do both. That's what makes him real special. In the past, we've had guys that have been check the box one way or the other, and I think Arrington's a guy that can give us both. And so that's that's intriguing to see where that goes. How much do you have McAvoy in practice now? And are you been waiting to get him on your set as well? Yeah, yeah, it makes it makes a big difference when we do have him. I think everyone, to your point, kind of feels more confident and kind of feels like the old times. I think a little bit there is a, a truth to that. I think, um, but coach's guy is situated to where he's basically split 
half and half. And so, like, a, one example would be we'll have emphasis periods where the twos will go against the ones and give the ones a look, and then vice versa. And so, when it's offensive emphasis, he's with the ones. Defensive emphasis, he flips right over and he's with us. And so, it's a little unique. Not a lot of people can manage that, but he does. Thankfully, so. Paul has said you were the first guy he talked to when he took the job back when ever. Um, did you have to sell him very much on, you know, philosophy or want to stay here? Because I know you said even then, you know, this was the place you wanted to be with, you know, the players and the family. What were the initial conversations? No, I remember we talked to him there at the hotel, and he was talking about, like, practice schedules and stuff. It was all football, really. And so, uh, I mean, I really enjoyed that talk and everyone since then. So it's it's great to sit with him. You know the things I really enjoy are um, uh, just the, the I stop by his office. He's watching Red Zone and we start talking ball, and that thing will go uh, longer than anticipated. You know, but it's a lot of fun to do that and hear his point of view. And, you know, and there's times where he asks for mine. And so it's I, I enjoy that part very much. But you feel pretty confident after the first meeting with Paul that yes. you were going to be here. Yes. Right? Yes. Stay back to Farrar for a second. Is it possible to get him any substantive work on defense before the Big Ten opener or not? We're trying to. Yeah, we're trying to. I think, you know, there's there's um, different packages. There'll be some new packages going in this week um, where we're going to try to be able to find him something. Because uh, I think he's got the ability that warrants it. And he's working uh, to earn it. And so we'll see. He made a couple of plays on special teams, I'm sure, jumped out on tape. Mm-hmm. Does that give you confidence that he's not going to be overwhelmed by the moment if you on defense? Yeah, special teams helps for sure. If you can get him on special teams and uh, get his feet wet, so to speak, I think there's a big difference to when now he's in the game and he's third, first third down, he's kind of been there, done that to an extent. Said before that the first year you were here, you were kind of playing the same base defense as we used to before, and right. you had to get guys to your scheme. Do you feel like this year, maybe more so than ever, you have players that best fit your scheme? I think so. I think we're trying to get them there. I think you know the the outside backers. You really like where they're at. The D linemen. You like their strike and their ability to move. The DBs. You love the fact they can play man, and they've had some experience in playing zone. You know the inside linebackers. I think is the group is a work in progress. So much of what their job is is tying in what the back end is doing and the front end is doing. So many neat things you can do on the back end, pressure-wise and coverage-wise, but if the linebackers don't fit it up, it ain't worth anything. You know, front-wise stunts and all these other blitzes you can do, but if the linebackers don't fit it up, it's not worth anything. So that's the work in progress. I'm excited to be kind of in the middle of that, but we'll see where that goes. Like seeing you guys create some turnovers after all the emphasis you put on that. Yeah, about that. That was pretty neat to see. I mean, um, we've got to see if we can keep that going. I think, you know, we got some today. The guys are feeling confident when the ball's in the air, they can come down with it. That's a big that's a big change and I'm excited to see it and try not to talk about it too much. Just see what, see what.